0: Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast on this 29th of October, 2020. I'm your surreal, Joe Quinn, and I have a special guest on the podcast. um, A friend of mine uh, who is a real estate agent, one of the top realtors in the DMV, to be honest with you, in in, uh, in D.C., Um, I looked it up. We'll talk about that later, but Monique mm-hmm. Malabet, I hope I got that right. Your last name, because I never say your last name. Right. The program. Uh, how you doing? To, how you doing this evening, Monique?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And yes, you are correct on last name. It's Malibet. And yes, thank you for having me on your show.
0: So uh, I called Monique on here because I do. I was just thinking about you know how COVID is affecting just people in general especially friends of mine and uh, people, you know, work around this area and how they're dealing with it uh, it is definitely had an effect on all of our lives. You know, I'm doing, I work in education, I'm virtual, you know, doing virtual teaching, um, going through various protocols, even going on my, you know, going to my other job where we have to go through the necessary protocols. So mm-hmm. for you, Monique, um, you're in real estate um, how has it affected? Uh, how has it affected you as far as how you how you have to move? Any major adjustments that you've had to make? Any um, what what has it done to uh, to affect your day to day? If it, if it has an effect at all?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So actually, the real estate market. Um, it was a couple things that well, it was a lot of changes that we've had to make to adjust to the environment and also kind of, you know, slow down the market a bit back in the springtime when typically it's the busiest time of the year um, in terms of real estate. So now what we do, cause I just had a closing earlier today a settlement, we're doing a lot of, um, at one point they were trying to do it, you know, virtually, but the thing would really say you have to have a wet signature at, at settlement. So um, they were trying to do a lot, use a lot of notaries and send them to people's houses. So different things like that they were doing initially. And now we're back to having a settlement uh, closing basically in person, but we have glass windows up everywhere. So um today my client um i was able to sit next to her because we've been pretty much working hand in hand together in the process we still keep our distance we have to wear our masks so that's a mandatory that's a must and then the title attorneys are across kind of on the other side of the table he has a glass is a glass between him and if the seller was to show up they could sit on the other side of the table like basically uh uh, what six people could probably be in the room, but we're, we're also limiting that as well. They don't want, they don't want more than like the, the buyer. They don't want more than like the buyer, um, there, uh, like no friends and no family, which before you can like invite a couple people. Uh, but there's a glass up everywhere, everywhere you go. And also on top of that, uh, everyone has to wear a mask and we have to keep six feet apart. So it has changed a lot and going inside and out of houses, you have hand sanitizers and the same thing at the title company, you know, hand sanitizers. As soon as you walk in, please sanitize. Some places are checking your temperature. So it's, it's been some adjustments and it is interesting. Like if I, if it's a new client, we're meeting online. Uh, talking about the home buying process online and then when we meet in person we still try to keep our distance and sanitize going in and out of properties so taking a little bit longer but uh, going in and out of homes uh, because there's so many precautions we have to take some places we got to take our shoes off some some places you got to put on foot coverings along with you know your mask hand sanitizer the whole shebang Um, and when we first started we were doing virtual showings like I was saying so we wasn't even able to like meet up with the clients at one point. So, very interesting real estate market this year for sure.
0: So, of course, I, I noticed a lot of people, you know, from what I read, that are are taking advantage of of these you know these super low interest rates, mm-hmm. um, especially in this area. Um, Have you noticed that uptick of, you know, of of, of people being more aggressive towards buying homes and condos and and what have you?
1: Yes. Yes. So I can definitely say one thing. Uh, Here's a I guess a couple words about the real estate market uh, lately. It's been low inventory, rising home prices and endless bidding wars. So that's kind of like the market, uh, the housing market in a snapshot. It's been pretty crazy. A lot of people are taking full advantage of the, um, especially once June kind of hit, I feel like May, June, when the stay-at-home orders started to lift and also they started to kind of, you know, pull back, you know, we got in our different phases, phase one, phase two. It looked, it seemed like a lot of people, A, had cabin fever. (laughs) So they were like, you know, maybe they were at their house for the last couple of months. Well, maybe like, what was it? From March, middle of March to about, um, May I feel like around that time people were like either I don't like where I'm living at or you know I'm paying too much you know maybe I'm living with too many people whatever the situation was um, maybe I need to separate for a significant other like a lot of things like that so you did start to see um, in the beginning back in June I feel like people were like, a mixture between cabin fever and also let me take advantage of these housing uh, these low interest rates. And they actually said in the summertime, mortgage applications were up 20% than it was the previous year. And last year in 2019, we had a great real estate year. Like overall numbers were up, you know, it was a very healthy and uh, very good market, basically. Uh, And this year it's basically jumped higher. Like the average home price is now up. Um, And I believe I have some of the numbers in front of me as well because I couldn't memorize all of it, but the median sales price of of homes are up 14%. And the median sales price has always been historically under 300,000. It's usually around like 270, uh, 280. That's where it's been sitting at for some time. Basically between 240 and probably about 280. That's been sitting at that place for for years in this country. And now the average home price, well, the median home price is... 311,000. So home prices have also risen as well because the market is very, very, it's low inventory. So um, being a home buyer right now, it's a little bit tough, it's very competitive, but they did say mortgage applications are, have start basically around like September, the mortgage applications have gone down. So if you're interested in buying, you know, it, the winter time probably could be a really good time because it's, it's been pretty crazy throughout the summer.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, can, you, can you make it, a, can I make it, a, make it a case based on what you just said that it's not only that it could be both a buyer's and seller's market considering where we're at in society with, you know, the pandemic and you know, our current situation?
1: It can definitely be um, essentially, I can't remember the exact terminology, but yes, it can be an even market when it comes to like, you know, sellers and like basically supply and demand. So, you know, there's times with supply and demand, it, they're pretty much like even or they're very close. So, yeah, there's times where it's basically just like a normal, I guess, a normal market. Then there's times when there's a seller's market, which is like right now. And then there's times when there's a buyer's market. It hasn't been a buyer's market, honestly, in a long time, especially in this area. It's been, it's been a while. It's been years. Um, nationwide as well, it's basically been a seller's market for the last couple of years, right? Right. Um, but, we don't know 100%. You know, there's no crystal ball, but we can definitely, it seems like at least the competitiveness or the craziness from the summertime in terms of a lot of people jumping out to buy because mortgage applications are starting to go down. We can only assume for the summer that it will slow down. I'm mean, not the summer, the winter, it will slow down. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, you know, if, if I think in this, you Know this runs rampant in terms of property overall. Like, if you own a store, if you own any type of property that you really need before you sell it, mm-hmm. you, you're really at a major advantage because, like, there's you know, there's limited property in like in this country. As far as, like, so I'll see some, like, I'll I saw something, um. In South Carolina where um, you got people trying to hustle people in terms of, well, I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you like 3 million for this. When in reality, the property is probably worth 30 or 40 million or 50 million. Like you really can't put a price tag in terms of on the property, but like that, it seems to me like property, having property now in 2020 is more, is more valuable than it's ever been because there's just not a lot of it, not a lot of it around as far as, you know, as far as people who have, you know, as far as people who are selling like that, like, hard, it seems, I don't know. Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, inventory has been low for for a while now, um, and I know particularly like in this area has been it's been like I said a seller's market for some time because people just aren't really selling. Like, um, I guess kind of like the way the economy works is supposed to be like at this point. Traditionally, baby boomers, or I guess the older generation, they're supposed to be selling their property. They're supposed to be basically downsizing, and then millennials are supposed to be purchasing. And then I think the generation after that is what Y or something like that. I can't fully remember. I lose
0: track. I lose track.
1: Yeah, I think they're like X. So the generation basically after us, millennials, (laughs) basically the people in their twenties are supposed to be essentially shifting um, and, and starting to buy too, but unfortunately the older generation they're not downsizing like they like like traditionally it has been historically i guess historically in history right um that's typically a thing that happens that but it's not really happening now so yeah so inventory i can definitely say in terms of purchasing a home buying a house it is becoming more expensive because it's just not as much uh so new construction is in demand Keep in mind when the housing market crashed back in, what, 2006,
0: 2005, well, 2000,
1: 2005, yeah. 2008. Well, Obama got in office, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was <laughs> <crying>. <laughs> Obama days, yes.
0: pre Obama. <laughs> right.
1: So during that time frame, there was a lot of new construction. It was a huge boom. And then obviously with the market crashing, nobody wanted to buy. So that also left a, a lot of stock, I guess a lot of home stock. And builders really haven't came back or made a comeback they haven't really came up, made a comeback until the last couple of years. So you're, it's also like the cycles, and it's just about the demand and the cycles in the, um, you know, in the economy as well. So now you're seeing a lot more new construction, um, especially in DC. It's everywhere. Every block you turn on, they're building condos or, you know, apartments. It's like it's because I guess they're seeing that high demand that people need housing, and if the baby boomers aren't going to sell, then we need to build. Right and right. back to your point though there's that there is that saying that I even say as well you know buy land or buy property they're not making anymore well buy land actually that's what it is buy land they're not making anymore so yeah back to the point from the beginning yeah,
0: it's, it's, it is now it's very it's very limited in terms of like land that's actually that's out there or property is out there like you you're just sitting on something that that was passed down for to you you yeah, unless somebody's somebody's going to give you do your research, because if yeah. somebody is going to give you a uh, high, amount, high amount, of money, amount of money for it, I, trust me, it's probably worth 10 times as much. Right. That's where, or either, it's either, either, you know, do your research or just don't sell. <laughs> keep you can, if it, keep you
1: it. can afford, yeah, I agree. If you can afford not to sell, you know, don't. If you can hold on to it. Um, and you're just selling just for the fun of it. I would just say, don't, but if you need to sell, you know, as long as you reinvest, as long as you reinvest is what I tell a lot of my clients or people that just talk to me about real estate, you know, I want to sell, but I want to hold onto it. Just reinvest it, reinvest into another real estate. That makes sense. So, cause you know, sometimes you want to move, you want to relocate or some people might need the money.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No question about it. Now, you know, going through the pandemic that we're still currently going through um, mm-hmm. as we speak, um, I found that it was like stages. So I would say like from that March through June stage, it was like high panic and mm-hmm. people, people were following protocols, people, you know, were for the most part in the well depending on which state, depending on the states.
2: Right, the state. Was, yeah,
0: depending, yes. Let me make that clear. Depending on the <laughs> There were people who were doing what they were supposed to do, and You right. saw, saw those numbers. you saw numbers falling.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, then summertime started getting loose. That's when you start seeing the indoor pools in Atlanta, <laughs> uh, Ozarks, and St. Louis. They, you know, going buck wild. Um, <laughs> people it, like people, I think by June, late June, July, people were just like, "Eff it," you know. Right. I, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, make these moves. I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna mm-hmm. live my life. Um, yeah. Now cases are back up. I ask that because, what like, where are you at with the pandemic in terms of your mindset and and, and you know the kind of the kind of you know effect that it had you mentally? You know, how did you keep yourself? How did you maintain mentally going through, going through dealing with this?
1: Yeah. So I think the main thing that, um, I think the main thing that kind of happened with me is that I just realized like, you know, we're going through the pandemic in the beginning, definitely staying at home, you know, trying to make things work. My business, it's very difficult to do what I do and stay at home because a lot of things are in the field. Uh, so that was very hard in the beginning. I was still doing some virtual stuff and then. In the state of Maryland, we were considered essential. So I was still actually technically able to go out and, and do certain things. So in the beginning, it was I was just super, super cautious. Like, okay, if I'm going to go do this, obviously no one needs to be in a property. I still had my mask on. I was sanitizing, hand sanitizing. Even when I got home, I'm like, let me take a hot, steaming hot shower. <laughs> you know, just anything to kind of, you know, make it less, you know, in terms of that. Once June kind of hit... The market really picked up, so I'm not going to lie. Uh, still safely, I was going out. So I was like, all right, the business is running and it's, it's flowing. I am in mean, also in the field, I'm in sales. So it's also So my livelihood, in a sense, semi kind of like, not going to say it came at stake, but it was semi coming at stake because, yeah, I, I didn't apply for like the PP loan. I didn't apply for certain things because I am doing pretty good financially, right? So I just felt like the people that needed it go ahead and after it. But I was also like, you know, I still need to make my money because this is the time of year when we make a good chunk of the money. <laughs> money. Right. So I'm not going to lie. Once June hit, I was like, I, uh, I guess a bat out of the cage, you know what I mean, in a sense. But still safely doing things like still wear my mask, you know, uh, still sanitizing. Because I'm at the end of the day, I'm a person that's still cautious even before the pandemic about people touching me and sneezing on me and coughing. Right. I'm always been, I've always been a person like, cover your mouth. I'm the person that looks at the person like, did you did you just cough and just right. like, so I've always kind of been like that. So now with the pandemic and I did travel, I'm not gonna lie. I did go to um, Mexico twice um, in the summertime. <laughs> so I'm a fearless person. And I think a lot of it is because I, I don't have any preconditions. I know that's not a good excuse, um, but on the plane, it was empty. So that was a great part. It was a handful of people, you know, planes fit hundreds of people. So like literally it's no one sitting next to me. There's no one in the seats ahead of me as well. So I also made sure I booked my flights the week before the week of, because it's so much cheaper now, because obviously airlines have been affected greatly. Um, So no one was on my plane. So I felt comfortable and I had my mask on and I also had a shield on as well. So for me, it's just really about, you know, you do have to live your life. But live your life safely. You know, the, it's to me, it reminds me of like your seatbelt. Yeah, you don't wanna wear your seatbelt. You know, you hate it, it's annoying. But at the end of the day, it's been proven that if you do this, then you're, you, if you get in a car accident, you, you should be, not really be okay, but you have a higher, I guess, a greater chance of, you know, like surviving or not getting badly hurt. So I kind of view just these precautions just as, okay, this is just a new norm. And I feel like even after we find a cure, this is probably gonna be the thing. Like in China, they've been wearing masks forever in different parts of China because the pollution is so bad um, and a number of other issues that they have. So with that being said, I don't mind just wearing a mask. Like I go to the gym, I actually run a mile. I can run an entire mile with my mask on now oh, because I-
0: you about to, that's on stamina build up that's what bad point.
1: yeah it's because you gotta think about it like if this even i feel like with things like when they go back to semi-norm we still have to worry about another outbreak they said one of the before this pandemic even came out i don't know if you saw the netflix special with bill gates that's what he that's why he received i'm so sorry let me mute my phone that's why he that's why he received so much heat in the beginning of the pandemic because he came out with that you know, Netflix special and it talks about the number one way that the world could be wiped out. They feel like the top way the world could be wiped out is due a, through a virus. So even once we figure out this COVID-19, it could be something else that comes. You know, I don't wanna, let me not jinx it. Let me not say no, that. It's,
0: it's, it's, uh, be prepared, that's, all, that's the yeah. whole point. I mean, you know, Obama <laughs> had a plan before he left office. Like, and he said before he even left office, couple of years before you left office that something like this was going to happen. This was coming. Yep. So, you know, it just, it's, it's about being prepared. That's, that's the main yep. thing. It's, yeah, it happens, you know, yeah. this is part of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, it's like, we just need to be prepared just in case. I think also I've been a little bit more conscious of my health. I think that's another thing because we know that this disease tends to attack more, or I guess it has worse effects on people that have preconditions and that are older. Um, so, health has been a big thing for me. So, just kind of shift. I've already shifted the way I eat, I'm, I eat a lot of meatless stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a person that I love food. So I'm a, I I have to eat. So I work out a lot. I do work out a lot. So I've been working out even more because I feel like, let me go ahead and build up my immune system. Um, be mindful of what I'm putting in. Let me make sure I have my vegetables. Let me make sure I have certain things that maybe previously before I did it, but I wasn't as like, you know, great about it. Right. So there's different things. I've always shopped at like moms and Trader Joe's. I'm lucky. Um, Whole Foods and stuff like that. So pretty much a lot of stuff I buy is pretty good, but it's still about, all right, when I go out to eat, let me not go crazy, and eat this stuff, because we know certain things will kind of trigger certain things within your body after X amount of years of eating it and causing you to have, you know, diabetes and all this other stuff that you could possibly
0: get. It's definitely... Uh, made me more aware about made me more aware of my immune system and keeping that up to par with vitamins and different things of that nature i, I think that's you know I, I honestly think that's the best way to fight it off to be honest you know to kind of avoid it having the, you know the immune system as strong as possible yeah so we are less than five days away amazingly i can't wait until, until it' over even though I, I think that it's not going to be over for a while but about five days away from the election, um, seventy-five to seventy-six million people have already voted, um, which is a record uh, for uh, pre-voting. If you want to you know for that that uh, lack of a better term, Yep. Um, you you know the type of business you're in. You know what <laughs> these lot of these policies and stuff definitely have can have a direct effect on what on what you do as far as housing and things of that and real estate and things of that nature. What are your, you know, what is your general sense of uh, of the election and, you know, what have you, are you at a point where you have election fatigue or <laughs> where are you at right now?
1: Honestly, I'm kind of like ready to get it over with because there's so much, you know, chaos and violence that has, you know, occurred because of, you know, our leadership, unfortunately. So I'm a person that's like, let's go ahead and let's get it over with, let's get it done. Um, I, I I'll be honest I'm a person that's just like let's get 45 out the office like let's be done with this There's too many other pressing issues that um we need a leader we, that we need in a leader that needs to be touched on like we have climate change climate change is a huge thing right now and um, it's actually sped up over the last couple of years in terms of If we don't fix things that in this many years, it could be irreversible. So, you know, things like that, I just want to make sure we just get a leader in office that's ready to attack those things. We already knew racism was a problem in America. Well, never mind. A lot of people act like they didn't know, but you and I are pretty woke. (laughs) We already knew this was a a thing. And um, the fact that, you know, our current leader can't even, you know, denounce it or, you know, the Proud Boys, whatever that, that statement was, you know, that's, for me, it's just very disappointing, um, especially being that those individuals are specifically coming after me and people that look like me, right? Um, or us when it comes to that. So, you know, I, I'm ready for it to be over. I was going to, I listen, I can't hide how I really feel um, in reference to, you know, who I'm voting for. And um, it, it needs to be done. It's, it's honestly, politics have, have turned into a reality TV show and I don't think that's okay. It, it should be taken a lot more seriously than what it currently is.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it is a reality TV show right now because we have yeah. a reality TV president. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, just, yeah. and So that is definitely a reality television show. Um, I think that the last four years, and I, if I could say one thing, I, I think that it's going to change generations mm-hmm. in regards to how people approach or approach politics or pay attention to politics. I You you see it in schools. I, I'm in education. You have kids, high school, middle school, elementary school who are already talking and have an interest in politics. <laughs> I and, think
2: it's fine. <laughs> I'm joking.
0: Hey, it's, it's, this is like, I, and, you know, again, I mean, if I could have dismissed the last 4 years that's been like it's, the last 4 years has been like a I don't know if you anybody saw back to the future 2 that alternate 1955 that's what it's been like like this is just not even this I want want to block this out of my mind right <laughs> but,
1: i always say the forgotten years we're going to call yeah, them. the forgotten <laughs> years. the dark ages or something part 2
0: so it's it, but i will say that i i i see general i see this next generation coming up even younger than younger than below the millennials, who are going to, I think, do some major things. And yeah, as a country, yeah. the country is not, you know, it, by 20, it's 20, 20 now, by 2043, the country is going to be majority brown and black. That those yep. are facts yep. in regards yep. to the population. And yep. That, that is scaring a lot of people, it's scaring yep. a lot of
1: And. That's why we're seeing some of the chaos, because they're starting to realize um, that the majority won't be what it has been in the past. It's going to be different. So it has to show up in different areas of our democracy, especially in the political arena. But we are seeing a huge rise. We have more Black women mayors than we've had since the founding of this country. So there is progress being made, and we just need more of us in power so we can at least even out the playing field. That's all. Yeah. Make sure things are, um, you know, a, a opportunity is also available for people, for brown and black people, people of color.
0: Now, folks, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking COVID <laughs> politics. We're going kind of. We're going heavy. Yes. Now, now let's. Now we're going to go a little. Let's deal with the BS now. Let's deal.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> let's deal with the beat. Doesn't segue to the, B, to, the, to the to the fun stuff. <laughs> So, (laughs) so we T so we T earlier this week or this this past weekend set the internet on fire with some statements about Birkin bags and about her thoughts on how a man should uh, support her. She wants or to support a woman. She wants a man not only to buy her Birkin bags. She wants a man to pay her bills. And the way, knowing the way she lives, there's some damn expensive bills. Well, <laughs> right. that's why she, she dates Quavo, Quavo of the of the Migos. <laughs> so, but I I think, um, and you're perfect to have on uh, to discuss this topic as a woman uh, who's doing that doing that thing. You know, one of the top hundred real estate uh, agents in the in the, you know in the city or in the district, out kind of like thousand, which is you know which is a, that's a big time number. Um, what were your, like, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard, heard about, the, uh, heard about her statements and her comments, um, Birkin bags, you know, these Birkin bags are going for anywhere from 20,000 to you know, 50,000 to, you know, even higher. Yeah. It's
1: crazy.
0: Um, so what, what, what were you thinking when she made these statements and she came out with these comments?
1: Well, first of all, I of course I laughed. I was like, oh wow, this is this is, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm a person that for me, what's important that's not important for me. And I guess it's really about what's important to the individual, right? But I'm not gonna get that excited about a bag because I'm a person that's like, Well, I could have did this with twenty or thirty thousand. Like I could have doubled it, I could have tripled that, I could have put it in real estate. I'm a huge advocate for that. So like I guess for me. Maybe if she shifted and said, you know, every man should buy a woman a house. I don't know, you know, help with the down payment from the house. I think I would be more like, yes, okay. <laughs> so, But obviously either way, I don't think that's something a man should have to do. Like, yeah, I know a lot of these, uh, you know, especially uh, female rappers, they get a, a bad rep, um, but it has been in throughout history that men do pay, uh, you know, maybe they pay the family, they pay certain things in order to, I guess, uh, be with a woman, right? Uh, So that's historically, and that's, I guess it is different for every community, every culture, right? So I'm not against what she's saying. I guess it's just really about what's important to you. I'm just not a huge fan of like broken bags or whatever, you know, Uh, purses and bags, and I guess really materialistic stuff. I am for a man that's like, hey, you know, I'll buy you some stocks, I'll buy you some real estate type of situation. But obviously that really is up to you and your relationship. And I'm not the person that should tell somebody, like, your man shouldn't be doing that for you. You know, I'm not that type of girl. But for me, I guess personally, I'm not gonna like say no, but I'm also a person that's kind of like, uh, you know, maybe something that's important to me, you know, what's important to me, that's really so I I mean, I think that's a lot because the average person can't even afford that bag. Let alone, can they come up with $20,000 just for only a bag? So for me, it's a little outlandish, of course, but that's her lifestyle and that's, you know, who the people she's with because they're making probably more than her. So for them, $20,000 is $20, right? Right. Or $100 or $200, maybe to the average person, spend $200 on some shoes for me or whatever. But I... It's, it's a bit outlandish it's a little crazy but um I do agree with I think Cardi B brought something up and I'm gonna try to bring it up real quickly because I can't remember exactly what she said but she said something I thought was important she's just said a lot of women beautiful women don't even need to wear labels because we're already swagging on our own like yes if a man wants to buy you a gift or something like that to show their love then let it be that gift. Let it be their gift that they decided. Or maybe as a couple, he knows that she really likes this. Then let him get it. That's their relationship, but it, it shouldn't be the Birkenback or labels, period. Because labels is, is great for some people, is for some women, but labels isn't great for other women. Like ch- It's like chocolates and flowers. I'm not a huge flower person. So if a man brings me flowers, of course I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. But like, if it was another option to go get some food, I'd probably be like, yeah, <laughs> like take me to this five-star restaurant and just forget these these flowers because they're, they're going to be dead in a couple of days. I'm going to be honest. So I think it really comes down to the woman. I love chocolate, but it's not like the number one thing on my list. I have priorities and other things. I love to travel. So you plan a trip out for me or something like that, I'm there. If you take me to a nice restaurant, that's Monique. So. <laughs> so. I think it just depends on the relationship and that what you have with that person, but it should not come down to labels It shouldn't come down to what a man can do for you in order to you know To be with you you need to have that love with that person and if they shower you with gifts They shower you with food or travel whatever it is. That is y'all thing then cool, but it shouldn't be If they don't do this, then they're not a good man because that's that's silly especially in that price range (laughs) $20,000 $30,000
0: so I heard a lot of stuff over the internet um, over the weekend. I hear a lot of pushback towards Sawiti. Sawiti. Um, I'm going to defend Sawiti, and this is how this is how I'm going to defend Sawiti. Okay. Sawiti is 26 years old. Oh yes. So when you're young, when you know when you're in your 20s. You just certain things mean more than if you were in your thirties, late forties, fifties, and, and what have you. That that's a stage in life where you're looking, especially being a rap artist, you know, being a rapper, you're into materialistic stuff, right? That's buy You're into gold, you're into you know watches, all that type of stuff, cars. Um, she's at that stage in her life, clearly. Where materialistic stuff, materials matter a lot.
2: Yeah, a lot.
0: So you can't, I, as a 41 year old, can't sit up here and and try to impress my life experience and where I'm at in life to a 26 year old. That's not not gonna do that. Now, if she's still talking this as a late 30s, 35 year old rapper, then it's like, you just haven't evolved and you can call it out for, and we can definitely call it out for that. But she's 26. Yeah. Um, Part of the problem, is, and then I, I heard pushback, well, she shouldn't set this type of example for our young ladies in terms of they should value themselves versus materialistic stuff and what a man can and cannot do for them and things of that nature. I say, okay, here's the problem. And we can go back to talking when we're talking about 45. Um, In regards to he gotten off his base a lot based on social media and that whole reality that this this whole world of of make believe so to speak what is what is is real what is not right Uh, as a parent if Sawiti is dictating your daughter's actions that's a problem that's not a Sawiti problem that's a you problem that's a you problem. Right. Like, that's that's part of the problem with society now. We worship these celebrities, yep. and all they're going to do is live it. They're going to just live their lives. Yeah. So I'm not going to, if she wants to blow, if she wants to spend $50,000 on a bag and has somebody to buy a $50,000 bag, more power to you. That's fair. More, more. Power, it has no effect on my day to day. And it really shouldn't have effect. Even if I had a daughter, I don't have any kids. But it really shouldn't have effect on your daughter's
2: day to day. That's fair.
0: So you, so it to me, I'm looking at it from the standpoint. Of, That's true. You can disagree with her. You can have a different, different opinion. Fine, you know, fine. But this, you can't, you cannot allow a celebrity to. Uh, you know, to, to have that kind of impact on your kids or on right. or on people close to you that you you know that you value in life. Yeah. So I, you know, and by the way, she's the big winner out of all this. She yeah. won. Yeah, I'm talking. Today is Thursday. i uh, we're talking about it. They were talking yeah. about it throughout the weekend. And I, I'm I, I guarantee you by before this year's over and soon enough, she will have a deal with Birkin.
2: I, I promise <laughs>
0: she's gonna have a deal with Birkin.
2: Ooh,
0: I didn't think about so she, that. She's she's Sawiti. is the big winner. Whoever her PR people, whoever came up with this, wh- whoever advised her, she may, she might not even been advised on this, but
1: she probably wasn't. She
0: probably no. She probably no. She, she was just talking talking. Yeah. She was just talking.
1: because
0: <laughs> Her her exact I, I failed to mention this. Her exact words, basically, i paraphrasing a little bit, was if a man can't buy you so you know the Birkin bag or can't pay your bills. Send that, you know, send that N word back to the street. Back
2: to the streets,
1: yeah.
0: That was her attack. <laughs> then she said, okay, at the end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she did a little party at the end. Yeah,
0: you know, so I, you know, I, I just, like, I, I just have fun laughing at people's, other people's reactions of it and how much it just yeah. dominated the internet. It's hard. In 2020, it's hard to dominate the internet for a weekend. Like, you, yeah, like somebody, is- unless somebody, yeah. I, 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 so you it, <laughs> Just that's right. Right. that. But at the Dominican that yeah, I'm England, sure. that's because I did.
1: see I, yeah, I saw jokes everywhere. And I was like, what, what is this? And I'm like, people are still talking about this and they talk about what they would do with the 20 or 30,000. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is still, this is still yeah. the same topic. Uh, it hit a
0: nerve. I I think I think a couple things. Number one, I think <laughs> that part of it is, you know, you you have a group, you have a section of women who are going are doing their thing independent. not going to be, you know, who are not going to be put or not going to be, don't want to want, don't want the perception that they need a man to do, to do for them. So you have that section, right? Then you just have people who are just flat out jealous, who probably wish they could afford Birkin bags.
2: Okay. (laughs) And that's
0: a, that's a real, that's a real thing.
2: Yeah, it is. It definitely is.
0: That's a real thing. We get caught up in you know materialistic stuff. We get caught up in things that really are not that important in the grand scheme of life. Really not. Again, this is a forty. This is a forty-one-year-old talking. She's twenty-six.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I think you hit it on the nose, though, in terms of like, I feel like someone else's whatever they're saying because it could be not just a celebrity. It could be anybody if they're saying this is X, Y, and Z it should not have that much influence on like your life or your or your kid's life, um, unless you're not kind of doing the right, right things or you don't, you know what I mean? You don't have that strong of, I guess, a mind in a, in a sense. But obviously kids are younger and it's really does come down to like the parent or parenting or what they're seeing around them as well. Uh, so it, but the power of social media now um, with kids is actually, I don't know if you saw the, the show on um, this, what is it? The social connect or whatever, but it's on Netflix, I think. I, have, I heard about it. But I need to check
0: that out. I, heard I heard about-
1: it. Yeah. It's just talking about the impact that social media is actually having on, you know, people in general. And if you're at a young mind, like some of these young, young people like that are growing up on social media, they're growing up on these things. So the younger generation, basically generation after millennials, because keep in mind that when, when social media starts to become big, we were we were not that in, ingrained in it. It was a, it came around and we were kind of like, what is this thing? We started to use it, but it didn't really make kind of like our life or shape our life. Right. But these young kids are growing up on this stuff. So it's having a psychological effect on them as well, uh, where you're seeing it play out, where they're depressed. Uh, the depression rate for the younger generation is higher than it's ever been um they have anxiety like no other uh, suicide rate has gone up as well and all of this due to social media so when they when you when your brain has fully developed I, and you couple in social media I think it has that type of effect where sometimes it sucks to say is that maybe even the parents can't even fix it so it and I hate saying this some of our celebrities unfortunately you are a figure whether you want to be whether you sign up for it or not in a sense you become a model in a sense and they do have to be kind of mindful what they're saying and doing but I don't know I try to keep that separated I just I feel like for kids they have it hard they have it tough this this stuff is really taking over um you know their their lives. so for them it's she says that and we're me and you are like oh whatever who cares like but these kids, they're in it. They're like, oh my gosh, Cardi B said this. Oh my gosh, Saweetie said this. This has to be true. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, going uh, play the dad advocate on this, <laughs> on this one.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's you no, know, everything you said is true. Um, I mean, I, I guess a lot of it is gonna come down to the values that you instill in your in your children. Like what, yeah. Yeah. what is really important.
1: Right, because yeah. violent, violent shows have been around forever. You got violent yeah. video games, Sex, violence,
0: all that, yeah,
1: yeah. But doesn't mean you go out there and start killing people and being violent because you did it on a video game or you or you saw it online. They said to kill him or kill this, kill these people. You know, you don't take it out to the streets and be like I'm killing everybody because they said it in a video video game. So, yeah, there has to be some type of balance, and that's where that parenting is key. And controlling that, and 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 watching what your kids are consistently consuming over and over again—no
0: question about it. So, as many of you can see, I am rocking the 2020 Los Angeles Lakers championship hat. It—I just got it yesterday, so it it hasn't taken complete shape of my head. I'm still still adjusting. Still, it's still adjusting to my <laughs> head. So, give it give it a couple of weeks. It'll take maybe a. It might even take a couple months. There was another team in LA that won a championship a couple of days ago, uh, the Dodgers. And like the Lakers, they um, did it in a bubble situation. Um, first championship in, since 1988, 32 years. Wow. Um, ironically, uses that that year also the Lakers won championship as well. So that's, uh, that you know, found that ironic that both teams. Yeah. Know, won the championship in the same year. Um, it was supposed to have a great end to the baseball season. Um, by you look at all the sports now, hockey did an excellent job, but really nobody pays attention to hockey. Let's be honest. But out of all the sports that people <laughs> actually care about, the NBA by by far did the best job in terms of dealing with COVID. Zero positive <laughs> cases.
2: Mm-hmm. <but> nobody
0: <laughs> nobody want to talk about that. Everybody would just want to talk about. The NBA and, and protesting people. and things of that nature, of course. black people. <laughs> yeah, that's no. <laughs> well.
1: The they have the nerve to protest on top of that. That's why they're not talking about. Right, how of course.
0: Great of course, they we, have to
1: be, something else is wrong. So we're going to focus on that, not not the fact yeah. that they've done a great job.
0: No question that that no that question about. That. <laughs> so they did the best job by far in terms of dealing with COVID. Zero positive tests. Any issues they had, they dealt. You know, you had a guy who tried to who tried to mess with a, a COVID tester. He got sent home right away, and you know he had to he had to answer to his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Daniel Housley. yeah. I, I would not would probably want to be I didn't, probably didn't go on to his wife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So,
0: so they you know they had a couple little small situations, but no positive tests. Um, and you ended they ended with the Lakers winning a championship. So the Dodgers win a championship. Um, justin turner who's a, who's a longtime dodger um had been a dodger since 2014 has been he's a free agent uh, he's a free agent this year very good player borderline you know all-star caliber player he gets pulled out the game in the sixth inning um mysteriously at the time people were like you know what happened did he i thought i thought that he had pulled a hamstring or something because he was uh, some i just i guess something happened you know with an injury that we didn't hear about So he um, got pulled out because he tested positive for COVID.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: He took the initial test was inconclusive. They sent him back a second test. The second test uh, showed him to be um, uh, positive, showed him uh, the test positive. So they pulled Mm -hmm. him out. He gets isolated. Um, He gets put in isolation. Dodgers win the game and they celebrate or they celebrate and then Turner comes back on the field with the team to uh, be a part of the celebration. He's hugging people. He, his wife is on the field. He goes by as they're taking a the team picture. He has his mask down on his chin. He has it on at first and he takes it off and he's sitting by his manager, uh, Dave Roberts, who is a cancer survivor. Um It like, I, I just, I, just, I mean, I, it, it's just one of the most selfish things. It was not only dumb, it's just completely selfish. Um, I thought, like, can you imagine dealing with a client, having a client that you, you know, you're you walking through a house and then they come, they come, knowing that they have COVID. COVID. Okay. Still come anyway, knowing that they have COVID.
1: So, I, what, what I'm going to say in his defense, Go ahead. the thing I was confused about is that they tested him first, it came negative. And then in the middle of the game, you said the sixth inning, they pull him out off the game and say, oh, you've actually tested positive. So I think in his defense, and I guess I'll play the devil's advocate here as well. It kind of like you have already, if he does have COVID, he's already exposed or exposed people, I guess, or whatever the saying is. So I think it's a little weird and it comes down to like, what if he gets the third test and he actually, maybe they should have kept testing him. And uh, what if he gets the third test, and then he tests the negative? So, because we know these things are incorrect and wrong, I guess my only thing is that y'all already have this man out on the field. When and why did y'all retest him again? Was there something else previously that you felt that y'all need to test well, what, him again? No, so, let me t- tell
0: you t- what t- happened. So, the first yeah. test that came back was, inconc- was inconclusive.
1: Okay, and this it, is it, it is wasn't. What, it
0: wasn't a negative test. It wasn't a negative. It was inconclusive. Okay. So, I by, I, mean, by, I guess the, by. No, this was yeah, they all all of them get tested before the game. and what have all of them and get tested.
2: And came back inconclusive.
0: His came inconclusive. So, they they couldn't just stay with that. They had to he they, another test. He wasn't tested. They had to take another another they had to send another uh test to I think to the you they have a Utah lab.
2: Oh. So, that oh.
0: test came back. That test came back positive and the game was already they were already like you said 6 innings into uh into so- the game.
1: Unfortunately, they probably should have did an executive decision then and not, if it came back inconclusive in the beginning, they probably should just tell him to sit down because now you've got this man hype, he's in middle of playing and now you're saying hey you actually have COVID I already exposed all my two I'm already exposed to my players and exposed to all these people at this point everybody that's here might as well just keep going so that's only in his defense is like maybe they should have came up with better protocols so he won't be there and be amped and be hyped because you know because like you said 30 30 something years 32 years you know in the hype and everything unfortunately almost any human being that's in that situation, you are going to be selfish because you're like, yeah, man, I've been working hard all year and COVID's been a crazy year. And I'm literally here playing. I actually played to the six, to the sixth ending. I'm going to go to the sixth ending. Y'all gonna tell me to leave now. And I get it. You definitely have to be like, he should have been responsible. He should just thought about it. So I guess in, in a way with Sweetie, in, in in his defense, it's like the emotions are there. You're already hyped. You're in the moment. I'm already on the field. Shoot, shoot. If I have COVID, I already gave it to them now. What, what is this about? Like, this is crazy. Why don't y'all, you should have probably set him down at the beginning and have him run out. Well, I guess he wouldn't be run out during the sixth inning. But I'm just thinking about it like on a more like, I feel like maybe the league should have did better with handling it to begin with so he wouldn't react the way he did that's and that's in his defense because it's the emotions it's hype they win now and his teammates i i seen some comments that like some of his teammates were was okay with it because they were like you know he deserves it too like oh
0: no no one so to your point i i, I don't disagree with anything you just said to your point no one has has uh, none of his teammates organization have supported him a thousand percent um <laughs> They I think to me, again it doesn't it, first of all, it doesn't reflect well on baseball as far as yeah, far they as It's gonna have people questioning whether well, yeah. other players who were positive that were playing.
1: Thank so
0: you. That, so that that's gonna that's that's gonna be a big thing. Yep. And to your point, I they absolutely if the test is inconclusive, then you sit down until we get either a negative or positive test.
2: Yeah. It's they just that, that,
0: that could have cut all shut all that down and okay. it would do then baseball lose. <laughs> baseball looks good like hey we're doing our jobs people can't come at us so it, it's, a, it's a definitely it's a terrible reflection yeah on baseball um without question uh i you know i still don't agree with him breaking call yeah. and going out there and celebrating but uh he, he was put in a tough no he without he was put in a, in, a, in a tough position
1: yeah he like something you worked hard for for so long. And then you're literally there, like you're in the mix. You're like, oh, I'm podcasting, I'm a radioing. And they're like, oh, actually, really, really, sorry. can you can you cut that off? I know you're in the midst of this great episode, but can you stop right now? Because we found this out. It's like, wait, we, we could have did this from the beginning. So I think, yes, it does fall on him, but a lot falls on the organization that they should have just told him to sit out. It, it hurts, it sucks but it's better than being told to sit out in the sixth inning and you're hyped and you're in the mix and you're there. And you took, you say, hey, get off the field, go isolate. And you're looking at like, really? like, <laughs> yeah. No, like you yeah. expect him to be human, probably not professional, unfortunately at that point. And that's really what it comes down to be. You know, you're at work and you're doing your thing and you know, you know, you you, you just want a big case. And in the middle of you winning this big case, they are telling you to, to leave. And you're like, well, wait, I, I got to, I'm part of getting us to this point. Now I gotta leave the room. I feel like professionalism gets thrown out the door. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, yeah I, I, yeah. I think they. I mean, it makes you wonder. Uh, what if they would have had multiple tests that came back inconclusive? You know you. Left, left them in the game. And thank you. Which
1: would thank you exactly. And what if other players had that same situation? What if like five of them had that exact same situation? It's like. What were y'all doing in that lab that it came up inconclusive? Now you have to tell five other people to get off the field. So I'm also thinking about what about the other players and different things like that. I don't know the full specifics, but it just seems a little bit shady on the organization part. So you, you leave a man to kind of, I don't know. Y'all know these athletes and we, 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 you know, we worship them in a sense. So I, I can't see him abiding by the rules all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it looks terrible for baseball and it also puts a, a a bit of a stain on the Dodgers' uh first championship in 32 years. So no, yeah, totally. from that from that standpoint, it's kind of you yeah, know that from <laughs> that nobody won from that standpoint.
1: Right. That's actually very true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he done ruined it for, for, for all of them, but that but the organization too, they should be accountable. and just be solely for on him.
0: You- so that is all we have. For this episode, Miss um, Malabay, I Malabay, excuse me. I thank you for joining me. Um, first of all, where can the where can the audience find you on social media? Speaking of social media, we, used to, we used to, it can be used for positive things we can use it, uh, for businesses and promotions. I use it too. But where where can the where can the audience find you with your your Twitter your Twitter or your Instagram handle?
1: So I'm a big Instagram person, but I am on Twitter as well and Facebook but everything gets posted from my Instagram to my Twitter and to my Facebook, but you can find me at first. It's first lady realty. Um, It's not spelled out. It's actually the number one. S T lady L a D Y realty. R E A L T Y. So at first lady realty. So the at sign one S T L a D Y -Y 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 r-e-a-l-t-y hopefully you put it at the bottom of the really puts it at the bottom of this 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 I, uh, oh yeah no, yeah. no
0: I'm, I'm gonna put all i will put all Okay. information it's now. a little confusing for people but yeah no I, I was gonna do that anyway but i, okay. I was, you know just in case anybody sure. taking the information once they listen to the episode so okay um
2: <laughs>
0: yeah we went through a went through a lot you know went through a lot of topics here um looking forward to uh, the next the next episode um Thanks for having you on. And again, yeah. anybody out there that need, you need a condo, you need a house, yeah. this is this is your lady in the DC yeah. area.
1: Yes, anywhere, actually, anywhere in the world, I can help you. I can at least connect you with a really good agent if okay. you don't know one of your areas. So, and you can also look me up online, um, testimonials, and I guess my transactions as well. Uh, Monique Malibet, uh, if you just type that in the search browser, I pop up and Malabet, it's very confusing. I know it's M-A-L-A-B-E-T. So you can also put my name in and my social media pops up, my real estate stuff pops up, everything.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) You enjoy the rest of your evening, and certainly we'll be looking forward to the next episode.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. Y'all have a good evening.
0: No problem. Next time. (laughs) All right. That is going to wrap it up for this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast. Of course, I will be back either Saturday or Sunday with The Wire, episode five, straight and true with my buddy Robert Sapp, and also be celebrating a milestone of my own, year 13 of The Real Deal Podcast. So I will put some more of that information out there. It'll be, what, episode five of The Wire and year 13 of The Real Deal Podcast I'm out.